0: Recently, Elder Mark Quarles, pastor of Providence Primitive Baptist Church in Stringer, Mississippi, preached a powerful message for us on the Word of God. We learned from his message that the Word of God is inspired by God. That is literally God-breathed. And we also learned that it is preserved by God. We have the King James Bible as the preserved Word of God in English. And in every generation, God has preserved his written word for his people. Today, we conclude this sermon that we began yesterday, and we see that God is actually speaking to us through the scriptures. With God speaking to us in this way, shouldn't we try to listen to him every day by reading and studying his word? I hope you'll join us for the conclusion of this message on the inspired and preserved word of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
1: day
0: <laughs> so
2: in the second Peter chapter one. Now this book, second Peter, was penned, again it's the words of God, but it was penned by a man that walked real closely with the Lord. He walked on the hills of Galilee with the Lord. He saw the Lord heal the blind. He saw the Lord heal the lame. He saw the Lord cleanse the lepers. He saw the Lord even raise a dead to life. He ate with the Lord. He fished with the Lord. He saw the Lord walk on water. Here's a
3: man that walked very closely with the Lord. Let's look in Second Peter chapter
2: one verse sixteen, where Peter would write, "For we have not followed cunningly devised fables." You know where we find cunningly devised fables in the world? The world's full of them. Cunningly devised fables. Peter said, "We have not followed." cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In this voice which came from heaven We heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. Now, Peter's describing a scene there on the Mount of Transfiguration where Peter and James and John, who were there in person, were blessed to see the Lord Jesus Christ glorified. They were blessed to get a glimpse of what we'll get when Jesus comes again. Brother Chris, was talking about what a day that will be when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And they were blessed to see a glimpse of that glory there on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw it with their own eyes. They heard the voice of God the Father speaking
3: from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. They heard it with their ears. Peter goes on to say, But we have a more sure
2: word of prophecy. More sure than what you saw with your eyes, Peter. More sure than, than what you heard with your ears. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Wonder what that is. I want to know what that is. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Till the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So he tells us what this more sure word of prophecy is. It's the scripture. He said this scripture is more sure than what I saw with my own eyes and what I heard with my own ears. Let me ask you something. You see something with your eyes and you hear it with your ears, do you believe it? I do. He said, this is more sure. This scripture is more sure than what I saw with my eyes, what I heard with my ears. He said, it's not of any private interpretation. You know what this book means? It means what God intended for it to mean. Because he's the author. You know, we have this concept in the world today about the Constitution. It's called the living Constitution approach. And those that espouse to that teaching says, you know what? It doesn't matter what the founding fathers meant for the Constitution to mean. Because the meaning of the Constitution changes and ebbs and flows with the passing of time. And as culture changes, the Constitution changes. Now that's hogwash. <laughs> what does the Constitution mean? It meant what the founding fathers meant for it to mean. And I'll tell you, this book, the Word of God, means what God meant for it to mean. And I don't have the authority to have a private interpretation, nor does anybody else. It means our job is to say, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of the law. Lord, show me what the truth of thy scripture means and to try to interpret what the Lord meant for it Amen. to me. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Again, these aren't Peter's words. It didn't come by the will of man. It came by God's will. God's the author. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. He's specifically talking about those Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, etc. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I remember Elder Sonny Piles telling me a story. He was up preaching as a young minister. And back in those days, there was generally a minister sitting right here, at least one. I'm kind of glad Brother Chris isn't behind me tonight. (laughs) I'm a probation officer. We're we're trained in firearms to check our sixes, which means dead behind, because that's where your threat's coming from behind you. So it makes me a little nervous when somebody's behind me. But Brother Sonny accidentally misquoted this text and says, Holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. He felt a tug on his
3: coattail by the older minister who loudly
2: announced to the congregation, doesn't say moved on, says moved. Well, Brother Sonny at the time didn't quite know the significance of the point the older minister was making until after the service. The older minister got up and said this. He said, this is moving on. This is moving You see the difference? Not moving on. Holy men of God didn't speak as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. They spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That word move has the connotation of a wind driving a ship. It's the power of God that produced God's words. And he blessed us to have them today. Now I want to look at we we see how much Peter valued the Scriptures. He said they're more sure than what I saw, what I heard. You know, I'd kind of be interested how the Lord Jesus viewed the Scriptures. What about you? Matthew chapter twenty-two. We'll get a glimpse for how the Lord Jesus viewed the Scriptures. There's some folks came up called Sadducees wanted to trick the Lord Jesus. Now that's never a good idea. Try to trick the Lord Jesus. You're not going to win. But they say we got him. Sadducees didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in angels. Heard some preachers say that's why they were sad, you see. If I didn't (laughs) believe in heaven, I'd be sad, you see. That, That helps me live every day of my life, believing in heaven. Knowing if I breathe my last breath, I'll be with him in glory. That helps me to live every day. But they didn't believe in heaven, didn't believe in angels, didn't believe in the resurrection at the last day. So they came up with this hypothetical story of, to tell the Lord Jesus that we got him with this. They said there was this woman got married and her husband died. So according to the Levitical law, she was to marry that man's brother so he could raise up seed to his brother. She married the second brother, he died. She winds up marrying seven brothers. She had no children by any of them. She was no more one man's wife than the other. So they said, so in the resurrection in heaven, again, which they don't believe in, whose wife shall she be? Well, they all had her. And they're thinking, we got him. He can't explain this. Here's the way the Lord Jesus responds. Verse 29 of Matthew chapter 22, the Lord Jesus would say, Jesus answered and said unto them, ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. I'm gonna tell you a whole sermon could be preached on that one verse because I'll tell you whenever Mark quarrels is messed up in his life, it's because I didn't know the scripture and I was underestimating the power of God. I saw God way too little and saw myself way too big. The Lord Jesus said, "Ye ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but there's the angels of God in heaven. But it's touching the resurrection of the dead. Have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead but of the living. Now notice what the Lord Jesus does here. He is gonna prove the truth of heaven. He's gonna prove the truth of the resurrection of the dead by whether this
3: thing that God said, whether it said a two-letter word am or a three-letter word was. God would say, I am the God.
2: That shows Abraham's in heaven. God still is God. Abraham's in heaven. Isaac's in heaven. Jacob's in heaven. God is still his God. God said, I am the God. He did not say I was the God. You see what the Lord Jesus did? He hung the whole truth of heaven on whether that was the word am or the word was. Now, do you believe the Lord Jesus believes that this is God's words? He hung the whole doctrine of heaven and a of glory on whether that word was am or was one letter difference because the Lord Jesus Christ believes in the truth that these words are God's
3: words. He also teaches another wonderful truth here. Notice what it said in the previous verse. But it's touching the resurrection of the dead. Have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God saying the words that he's going to
2: quote were literally spoken by God
3: out of the burning bush to Moses none of these people Jesus is speaking to were there when God spoke to Moses but Jesus said, God spoke these words to you.
2: Listen again to what it said. Have ye not
3: read that which was spoken unto you by God? You see what the Lord's doing? He is telling us that when we read the word of God, when we
2: read the Bible, it is literally God almighty
3: speaking to us. How big is that? Do y'all ever get aggravated when you're speaking
2: to someone and they're not listening? I'm sure that's never happened to anybody in here, just, just probably me. That gets frustrating, doesn't it? My dad, my daddy passed away in 2013. Since his passing, uh, there's so many things I wish I would have asked daddy. Things I wish I would knew more about his life and parts of his life than I know. And I'll tell you, for somehow I was blessed for daddy to be able to come and to tell me some of the things and answer some of my questions I'd so like to know. Do you think I'd listen if he was able to speak to me?
3: How much more? My daddy, he was a good daddy. He was a sinner. He did some things right and did some things wrong. But I'd listen to him if he could speak to me. How much more? When God speaks to us every day in his word. And you know what we're doing if this book sits closed? On the coffee table on the bookshelf and we don't open it and read it you know what we're
2: doing God's speaking every day to us in his word have ye not read that which was spoken unto you notice that's personal that which was spoken unto you by God saying I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God's not the God of the dead. God's the God of the living. You know, when we read that in scripture, God is telling us, heaven's for real. And by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be blessed to go there. By the finished work of Christ on the cross, you'll be blessed to be in heaven and a mortal glory one day. God speaks to us in his word every day. I'm afraid way too many of them days of my life I've not listened as I should he speaks to us in his word what a blessing that the God of glory would speak to us not only in the congregation of the saints not only does the Lord Jesus uh, say where two and three are gathered together in my name there am I in the
3: midst of them but he says I'm going to speak to you every day in my word. I love what it says in
2: Romans chapter 15, and I'll close with this. So many blessings we have in Scripture. Verse 4 of Romans 15 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime
3: were written for our learning, that we through patience, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know that word patience means
2: cheerful endurance. You know I'm a little better about enduring than I am cheerfully enduring. What about y'all? You know what'll help us cheerfully endure? The scriptures reading the scriptures every day, having them saturated in our minds. It'll help us cheerfully endure. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ, right after his baptism, Bible said he was driven by the spirit to be tempted of the devil in the wilderness. And for 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, had a onslaught constantly from the devil. You know how the Lord Jesus fought the devil? With the Holy Scriptures. Did he have to do it that way? No. The Lord Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Could have simply said, get thee behind me, Satan. And Satan would have been obliged to get behind him. But the Lord Jesus, every time he pulled out that sword of the Spirit, which the Apostle Paul wrote, is the Word of God. And he pulled out that sword of the spirit to fight against Satan at every single temptation. And he did it as an example for us. That when Satan comes and he comes often, we'd have the scripture to combat the temptations of
3: Satan. That we through patience, cheerful endurance, and comfort of the scriptures. We ever need comfort in this old world. Have we ever been
2: onslaught with the fears of the trials and the tribulations of life? We get down and read the word of God and say, Lord, open mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of the law. And the Lord brings sweet comfort and rest unto our souls, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. What's hope? Hope's defined as the confident and joyful expectation of eternal salvation. Heaven's real. It's always real, whether we believe it or not. But I'm going to tell you, as I read the word of God, this is bad English, but it's good theology. Heaven is realer for me when I read the word of God. We see patience and comfort. The scriptures might have hope. I would to God every day that I live, as my Lord is speaking to me, that I'd get the book and I'd listen. Lord, what do you have for me today? May God richly bless you. Is my prayer.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. that's zionpbc b c one eight four seven 8 at gmailcom or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L-at-gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.